Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And there was a global news story earlier in the week. Former USASC professor predicts new oil and gas policy will divide Canada. And Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moore agrees and posted uh, the global news story to his Twitter account. The professor is Ken Coates, who will be joining us tomorrow. But I also have this question. Are Canada's premiers collectively and, or for their own reasons, turning against Justin Trudeau and his government's policies. You'll remember that just a few weeks ago, all four Atlantic Canada premiers sent a letter of concern and protest to the Prime Minister about the carbon tax imposition. Oh yeah, carbon tax is going to be part of the discussion later on today as well. We've got all the bases covered. We're joined by Premier Scott Moe of Saskatchewan. Premier, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing quite well. Roy, how are you making out this I'm, week? I'm well. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. Well, uh, let me start with the, the global news story. And I will quote, Federal Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo is set to publish policy guidelines that will dictate the circumstances for the flow of future federal investment to Canadian oil and gas firms. The policy will be similar to one the government announced last year, that ended most of Canada's public financing for international fossil fuel projects. I can't imagine what that's doing to your blood pressure, Premier. Yeah, well, that's the intent of, uh, of Minister Gubo. Um, we'll see if he's able uh, to actually deliver on that intent. As we know, uh, electricity generation, um, the development of our natural resources, whether it be fertilizer, fuel, uh, oil, um, my other mine products. It's under. It's very, very explicitly in the constitution under the purview and the jurisdiction of the provinces. And so, the federal government is uh, looking at or attempting uh, to lean uh, far out of their jurisdiction, far more than they uh, have in in months and years gone by. And so, that may be Minister Glow's intent. But I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be able to to change the constitution to have uh, his intent actually come to realization here in the province. That notwithstanding, uh, what provinces, what industries are doing uh, to actually achieve the the goal that I that I think is mutual, and the 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 the, the challenge or the disagreement comes. You know, what are the timelines on how we are going to actually achieve that goal? What's an what's an affordable timeline? to ensure that we can preserve our, our energy security and ultimately our food security in, in Canada and North America and for our allied nations around the world. Food security has become another issue just in the last week with Russia abrogating the, the deal or the agreement to allow Ukrainian um, grain and their own grain to move to the world. Now they're shutting it down. And that could be a real disaster for the already very hungry millions and millions of people globally who will be looking for Canadian grain. It, it should be very alarming for, for everyone in the world. Um, the fact of the matter is is that we need it globally to feed everyone. We do need that, that food to be 
uh, in in circulation and being delivered uh, around the world, like we need food from you know from our province and our nation and our continent to also be made available to to people around the world. So this is very concerning, and there's there's two ways that this will uh, you know uh, be be identified in the months ahead. One is people ultimately aren't going to get enough food in some areas of the world, and unfortunately, that's going to be in some of the poorer areas of the world. Uh, how it'll manifest itself in Canada and North America is with higher food prices and then further uh, inflation, inflationary pressures that we are going to see as families at the grocery stores. And we're we're seeing two things that are driving uh, what essentially over the last eight or nine years has been a 30% increase in, in food prices at the grocery store in Canada. Um, what's driving that is supply chain issues like we have seen during the pandemic, like we're seeing during this Russian invasion of Ukraine, and most notably uh, the announcement of uh, shutting down of the, the, the some of the port access into the Black Sea area. Um, secondarily are the policies that are coming forward domestically, the, the policies that are essentially no carrot, all stick, uh, that are adding cost to not only uh, food, um, uh, transporting our food to, to where the people are in North America and around the world, but but ultimately adding to the cost of production uh, for our for our food as well, and so energy security is is first, uh, and 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 you know we see energy security concerns in Europe, um, but food security ultimately is where uh, these policies and this global unrest in our supply chains uh, is is going to going to manifest itself, and we're going to see that in inflationary pressures, higher food costs, higher energy costs, higher costs uh, for for us to have the standard of living that we. Uh, quite frankly, have enjoyed for generations. Uh, Premier, you uh, you tweeted after Mr. Gilbo's announcement. You tweeted this: "If it wasn't clear before, it is now. The Trudeau government doesn't want to just reduce emissions in our energy sector; they want to completely shut down our energy sector." And uh, Professor Coates noted that um, Canada has a very peculiar approach to this. Uh, This approach has not been followed by other oil-producing countries, including places like Norway. It's incredibly environmentally sensitive, Norway, but it's actually pushing back very strongly against the Trudeau-esque approach to dampening down oil production. So your senses, your belief is the Trudeau government just wants to shut down the energy sector and is focusing on your province and Alberta. Yes? Certainly they they are. And if they they think other areas of the world are are actively closing down their their energy producing sectors thereby foregoing their their own national energy security uh, desires wants and needs they're fooling themselves and they're not they're they're listening to people as opposed to watching what other countries are actually doing including the United States uh, as a matter of fact we've heard uh, ambassador Cohen openly say that they are going to continue to develop uh, their energy industry uh, in the USA alongside uh, addressing uh, the climate, the climate concerns, and the the emissions uh, in in that industry and other industries, and so no other nation is doing uh, or attempting to do what Canada is going to attempt to do here. Or Minister Gabo is going to attempt to do again. He's swimming outside his lane. Uh, he's swimming in in the provincial jurisdiction as per the constitution. That I would say is the very document that has held this country together for uh, over a century. Um, and we'll see. I, if you swim, if you, what should be concerning for Canadians is uh, Minister Gabo has openly said that he is looking at crafting this policy in a very a specific way to circumvent the Constitution. He knows it's provincial jurisdiction to develop our natural resources. He knows it's provincial jurisdiction for provinces to uh, to produce their their electricity and provide it in an affordable manner and a sustainable manner to their citizens. Um, but he has openly said and mused about. 
that they are legally looking at how they can circumvent the Constitution, the very spirit uh, and the wording of the Constitution, uh, to get their their ideological uh, desires in, uh, essentially, um, you know, attempting to close, to shutter an industry that has provided the Western world with the the way of life that we have enjoyed in energy security. Um, And again, not discounting in any way, uh, that the industry that is operating in across Canada and around the world understands uh, where we need to get to. But again, it's an, uh, not at a cost of sacrificing our, our affordability, our energy security in the interim, and ultimately uh, sacrificing the reliability of, of the energy and electricity that we have access to. And so uh, a little bit of a, of a, of a fool's game uh, that the, the federal government is, is participating in and I would think it would be disappointing for for all Canadians to know that they are, you know, actively looking at ways to circumvent uh, the very spirit of the Constitution that we that has been at the very fabric of the success of this country for well, since we've become a country. In an interview, just quoting the news story, in an interview from Brussels Friday, Gilbo said tax credits or federal aid that helps companies lower their emissions will continue, including for fossil fuel companies. The new tax credit for carbon tap- capture and storage systems is not included. There you go, Premier. <laughs> You're trying yeah. all you can, and it's just not good enough. What what can you do about it? Well, it, m- many of the, the the funds that the federal government have actually uh, did, did not work uh, in many cases. We we have the only operating uh, post combustion carbon capture and storage facility uh, on one of our coal-fired plants here in Saskatchewan, a testament to uh, efforts and initiatives that have been put forward uh, in Western Canada. But the, the, the carbon is actually used in enhanced oil recovery, which excludes you from any of the, the federal carbon capture uh, funding. The Futures Fund that they've put forward uh, doesn't work uh, for virtually any province across the province. And so those are those are somewhat uh, unattainable programs, much like the, the policy that uh, Minister Gabo wants to, to 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 move move forward on um, your your selection of Tom Petty music isn't isn't lost on me. L- listen, at the end of the day, um, everything that I've said with respect to the federal government um, weighing outside of the the boundaries of of what the constitution ultimately allows them, weighing into areas of provincial jurisdiction. At the end of the day, one would hope that some common sense would prevail. Probably not with Minister Gabo, but maybe with Minister LeBlanc or Freeland, or possibly even a Minister Wilkinson, where you, you could actually go through what is achievable, understanding that we have, uh, you know, very the same or similar goal in 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 our both of our minds is to you know talk about the timeline and talk about how we actually are going to achieve that in in Nova Scotia, where they they also have uh, fossil fuels uh, um, powering their their electric electricity grid in in New Brunswick, where they have a mix of, of, I believe, some hydro, some fossil fuels, some coal-fired power, and, and some nuclear power. You know, how is how is New Brunswick going to achieve these goals, and when, in an affordable, reliable time frame, and then in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, uh, Alberta as well? And so one would hope that common sense would uh, would come forward. I don't know if it will with this environment minister, but maybe maybe a couple of others will, will step into that space. Let me run this uh, quote by you. And this is from uh, Professor Ken Coates. The country can't stand too much more of this. The potential animosity between East and West is huge. We do not see central Canadian politicians defending the oil and gas industry. There's an East-West rivalry here that could become very intense. 
No, I, I would say that is a that is a true quote um, that um, Ken Coates has made. Um, however, we are seeing other provinces that have uh, similar concerns in the federal government venturing out of their area of jurisdiction, whatever that might be. Some language in Quebec, for example, um, some of the the housing initiatives that are being put forward in Ontario, some of the mining initiatives in Ontario, and so there is a, a mutual concern sometimes. Um, rooted in, in for different reasons. Uh, and again, I would say herein lies the opportunity for the federal government, and I certainly hope as a Canadian they don't let, allow it to, to pass them by, uh, to sit down and have those conversations about how we're all going to arrive um, arrive at, uh, you know, our destination, which is, you know, removing emissions from, from the, the atmosphere, but capitalizing on uh, attracting that investment and creating those jobs in our respective jurisdictions as well. And uh, the, the, the other provinces, um, and this is a topic of conversation among provinces, some of the challenges that we're having on with the federal government of swimming outside of their lane as per the Constitution. I, there is, you know, active discussion about, you know, how can we actually address uh, this the concern with the federal government, whatever the topic might be, because it does not bode well. Uh, not only for an east-west division uh, in our nation, but a but a, a federal provincial division in our nation, and ultimately, uh, does not bode well for us to uh, have any hope of coming together in, as as Canadians and supporting ultimately what we do, which is different from coast to coast to coast. Um, but I would say that we're we're equally successful um, when allowed uh, some some opportunity uh, to to develop the the resources that we have and those may be in manufacturing those may be in in, in developing our natural resources those may be uh, in, in in agriculture um, but when the the federal government uh, does not allow uh, Canadians uh, in their respective jurisdictions to ultimately achieve what uh, they can um, that is the division that I see building. And it's not just in Western Canada, but it's in other areas of Canada as well. So, Premier, did you just answer what was going to be my next question, which was, are Canada's premiers collectively and or for their own reasons beginning to turn against Mr. Trudeau and his government's policies? I would say there's a collective concern uh, with uh, a number of different policies across the nation. Let me be an area like Saskatchewan might have a concern with a uh, quite a few more than, than some other areas, but I would say all areas are concerned uh, with the, the, the policy development that the federal government is coming forward and how it's ultimately having an impact or uh, alt-right infringing in areas of, uh, of provincial jurisdiction. In, in Saskatchewan, we, we are taking a number of measures, whether it be on uh, you know, in the in the space of introducing our Firearms Act, we have the Saskatchewan First Act, a number of offensive and and defensive measures actually to protect uh, our ability uh, to uh, to develop the the resources that are that are creating jobs here to do so in a sustainable way. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we've we've shown um, more than once that we're more than willing to take the federal government, unfortunately, uh, to to the courts uh, okay. as well. And we'll we'll continue to look at adjust those options into the future and maybe look at them alongside um, other provinces or maybe many other provinces. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 